Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Fox 2 presents Hancock and Kelly. Good Sunday morning to you. Welcome to Hancock and Kelly on Fox 2, where we take on the top issues of the week. On the right, John Hancock. Good morning. On the left, Michael Kelly. Good morning. And I'm Andy Banker. On the agenda this morning, Vice President Kamala Harris stops in St. Louis. Is she ready to be president if needed? As the St. Louis mayor boots a homeless camp from the City Hall lawn, the aldermanic president wants to make it legal for homeless people to urinate and defecate in public. Former President Trump's cry from a New York courtroom, I'm stuck here, instead of being on the campaign trail. And our quote of the week is from President Biden now building a border wall after guaranteeing that that would never happen. We're also going to get to the crisis that has now erupted in Israel over the past 48 hours. But we begin with Vice President Kamala Harris in St. Louis for the Democratic National Committee's fall meeting. She spoke about her recent college tour and issues she said that have traumatized young voters, climate, abortion and guns. This is what they want because it is their lived experience to know that our position on this issue, which is about reasonable gun safety laws, about a rejection of a false choice, which suggests you're either in favor of the Second Amendment or you want to take everyone's guns away. When we do what we have always done and stand for reasonable gun safety laws, if we need to check ourselves about whether this is relevant to the future and current young leadership of our country, I'm telling you, this college tour tells me yes, yes, yes. She spoke for about 25 minutes in a staged Q&A session with former DNC Chairman Donna Brazil, chairwoman. And the, she really revved up the crowd, about 600 people, saying that she and President Biden are absolutely going to win re-election in 2024. That in the face of growing concerns about whether the aging Joe Biden can get to or get through a second term. Michael Kelly, why do we hear so much from within the Democrat, Democrat Party that she isn't ready to be president? And there seems to be a preference for someone like Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, maybe even J.B. Pritzker of Illinois, instead of her, if Joe Biden can't make it. Name me the last president, uh, vice president of the United States who lit up a room. Uh, they typically don't get much of the attention. Uh, they get a lot of the, the negativity that comes from it. But if you listen to the message that she shared there right now, it's what I'm hearing from Democrats. And it's not only college-age Democrats. It's Democrats across the spectrum that the absolutism of the gun laws that the Republicans continue to push and the abortion laws are going to cost them problems. And I think this is a smart issue for Kamala Harris to be out there really exposing herself primarily for the first time since the beginning of the administration. I think she had a good week in St. Louis, and I think she made a good showing for herself. Why does she get the rap for not being presidential? Because she's not any good. Uh, I mean, she was assigned the uh, border as her big project early on in the administration. That's not gone well. Uh, they don't exactly uh, put her in high, you know, image situations these days. They know they've got a problem. Her numbers are even less popular than Joe Biden's. And that's a real problem when you've got an 81-year-old candidate for president, which I still contend they're going to make a switch there because I see no alternative for them. If they run Joe Biden, 
and Kamala Harris, I think they run a very distinct risk of losing in November of 24, and they don't need, they don't need to do that. After months of allowing homeless people to camp in tents on the City Hall lawn, St. Louis Mayor Tashara Jones abruptly puts an end to it. Here's a before and after view. After on the left, before on the right, the mayor says the homeless camp had become a public health issue with multiple police calls, fighting, illegal drug use, and people urinating and defecating on the lawn. We can certainly confirm that. This comes as Aldermanic President Megan Green is pushing for a homeless bill of rights that would ban the city from removing homeless camps like this and allow unhoused people to urinate and defecate in public. John, what about removing the tents and this homeless bill of rights? What about removing the president of the board of aldermen? I mean, what a ridiculous p position. To, can you imagine a politician at any point in time in our lifetimes advocating this? The answer to that, Andy, is no. Uh, what, whatever is informing the Megan Greens of the world is so far outside the mainstream of rational, common sense thought. I mean, this is ridiculous. It's a microcosm of how dysfunctional and ungovernable this group at City Hall is. How do you see it, Michael? Well, I think John puts a good spotlight on it. The other thing is, is the governing coalition that we have now in the city of St. Louis, the mayor, Tashar Jones, Megan Green, and the pro president of the Board of Aldermen, and the majority of the Board of Aldermen, ran on these types of issues, whether it be the jail or homelessness. They thought there was a better way to fix these problems. They've now been there for three years, two years. They have no solutions. Now, they clearly aren't doing the basic government services. We're not paving roads. We're not policing streets. We're not picking up trash. But this is what they ran on. So what we're finding out is that sound bites and moonbeams really sound good, but they don't deliver for the voters. And the voters better wake up and realize that while we all want to sit around and hold hands and feel good, we need to have a functioning government. I, but does, does the mayor get points here for yeah, actually moving the homeless but, camp out? Absolutely. Uh, but, I mean, look, she's part of the reason that created this situation. She gladly ran with these advocates in the past saying, we have these terrible laws. And what we're seeing is the emperor has no clothes. She had no plan to deal with homelessness. And as a result, she got this. And now she's fighting with her own coalition. It's really interesting to watch. I live in a neighborhood where you get a citation if you don't pick up the dog poop. And, and here, you know, in the city of St. Louis, I mean, this is just unbelievable. Yeah, I don't know how you could uh, enforce it or not enforce it, you know, deciding well, who's homeless, who's in, not, who can in creating, do their business in public. Yeah, I mean, in, in creating classes of enforcement of law. I mean, there's people who go to events in St. Louis that if they get caught urinating in public, rightfully so, they should be ticketed and, and held accountable. But now we're saying if you're homeless, you can do these other things? Well, and maybe if you get caught doing it, you could claim yeah, that just you're claim homeless. homeless. Calls are getting louder for the mayor to fire the head of the city jail, Jennifer Clemens Abdullah. Troubling issues on her watch include three inmate deaths, plus inmates beating a guard and holding him hostage. That's just in the last two months. We learned this week that one of the inmates who died, a 32-year-old man, essentially died from a lack of insulin and dehydration, but it may not have been neglect. That's still uh, an open issue. Clemens Abdullah was hired two years ago after near riots at the jail with prisoners escaping their cells, breaking exterior windows, setting fires. Now, John, the mayor brags about closing the city's medium security jail known as the workhouse, but the issues at the city jail now seem to be much worse than the any issues they ever had at the workhouse. Shocking, isn't it? 
Uh, I mean, who could have predicted this, everybody? Uh, you know, this is a disaster. The, the workhouse was perfectly fine. We were, in fact, making a little bit of revenue because we were able to house prisoners from other... Now that we've closed the workhouse, we're shooting, sending our prisoners off and paying for it to be jailed elsewhere. Meanwhile, the jail we do have is unsafe, insecure, and poorly run. I mean, this is just another in a long litany of disastrous results coming out of City Hall. But does the corrections commissioner need to be probably fired? I mean, you know, I, I certainly don't think her annual employee review went very well. <laughs> does it stop with her, Jennifer Clemens Abdullah? Where does the buck stop here? Does it go up to the mayor? It starts at the top, Andy. And let's remember Cori Bush, uh, 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 the mayor, Tashara Jones, and Megan Green all ran on this issue. They were the ones who said, let's close the medium uh, security. We need to get the CJC under control. People are dying. They hold protests in front of the former mayor's house. Riots took place over this. So they said, put us in power, send us there. We have a plan. What we're seeing is they have no plan. They have great sound bites. They can say things that make people feel good. But in fact, they're making things worse. It's time for adults to get in charge, people who are serious. All signs now point to a massive makeover of the outdated Lambert Airport. Airport officials confirm multiple buildings will soon be demolished and key facilities relocated to make room for a new 62-gate single terminal instead of the current two-terminal 54-gate setup. Now, that plan has not been finalized, but they are paving the way for it anyway. The airport's 12 signatory airlines will pay for most of the $331 million cost of the demolitions and relocation. It's happening. The total cost of the new terminal is estimated at about $3 billion. That plan, as I said, awaits final approval. But, Michael, airlines don't fork over hundreds of million dollars to get ready for this through demo and relocation unless that new terminal is coming. Do we need this? Is oh, this a good investment? absolutely. We totally need this. This, one, this region once was the hub of transportation and air flight under TWA. That evaporated over time. One of our biggest problems we have now is we have some of the highest landing and takeoff fees in the country. I'm hopeful that this plan, one, gets done, two, doesn't raise those fees, and three, we try to find a way to make our airport more attractive to bring commerce and people here. That is a huge lift. We have a long way to go. Uh, and call me skeptical, but I'm a little bit nervous as to whether or not this can be accomplished. See if it gets to the finish line. Right. right. 2031 is when it's supposed to be finished. Is there a payoff here for doing it? Well, look, if, if the airport, you need to be able to get places from St. Louis. If you're going to become a hub of any kind of commerce, if you're going to see any kind of business expansion here, the airport's got to be integral to that. Uh, I don't know enough to know if this gets us there or not. I don't know if the expenditure of money is going to result in a, a, a net benefit to the region. I hope it does. And I, what I do know is that the airport has to improve and has to be more in, engaged in, in the commerce of this area. Up next, House Republicans eat their own in Washington, forcing the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, to give up that post less than a year after he took the gavel. Listen to the podcast. Just search for Hancock and Kelly. We've just seen more chaotic history being made in Washington with a small group of House Republicans ousting the Republican Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, less than 10 months after he was elected to the post. I don't think voting against Kevin McCarthy is chaos. 
I think 33 trillion in debt is chaos. He was the ringleader. Eight Republicans joined Matt Gates, a Republican from Florida, siding with House Democrats and voting to remove McCarthy. House Republicans then went home without electing a successor. John, has this just vendetta politics or something more? And how damaging is it to the GOP? Well, it's nuts is what it is. Matt Gates is not a serious, substantial member of Congress. They wrote the rules. McCarthy did this to himself uh, by allowing one member to offer a motion to vacate with a four-seat majority. Of course the other side's going to vote to vacate the speakership. And so he, Gates really only needed four votes. He got eight. Uh, it is dysfunction. It's not good for the institution. They need to change this rule. In addition to getting a new speaker quickly, I don't see any evidence that either Jim Jordan or Steve Scalise are the only two announced candidates at this point are going to be able to put together 218 votes. And given world events right now, the speaker's office needs to be filled. And we have an unserious, attention-seeking you know, lunatic in Matt Gates, who's triggered all of this. It's not good for the party, but it's even worse for the country. That's John Hancock talking about a Republican. How damaging is it for his party and how good is it for the Democratic Party? Well, it, you know, think right. ahead of the 2024 elections. Well, he said unserious, damaging lunatic. Sounds like the leader of their party, Donald Trump. This all stems back to Donald Trump. The Republicans never spoke back, pushed back against the nuttiness that was Donald Trump. And guess what? Donald Trump made money as a result of it. He became famous, even more famous than he was. And he became, it was involved in this soundbite game. Now we have these unserious people like Matt Gates. I mean, these people have become household names, right? Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert. They've learned how, to, how the hog eats the cabbage. And that's exactly what they're doing. It's not the responsibility of the Democrats to run the Congress for the majority party. Our job is to be the loyal opposition. That's what they've done. I'm hopeful the Republicans will put this together. There may be a coalition where the Democrats could essentially wag the dog here, but ultimately this has to be a Republican solution, and John is exactly right. If they do not get rid of this one-person um, removal process, the dysfunction is going to be happening monthly in the United States Congress. Well, earlier in the week when we talk about what topics we're going to put into the show, we did not see this coming. Israeli media now report at least 600 people killed and 2,000 wounded after a surprise attack by the militant group Hamas. Hamas fighters have taken soldiers and civilians hostage in Gaza. Israel is responding with incredible force, striking more than 400 targets in Gaza, killing more than 300 people, including 20 children, according to the Palestinian Health Ministry. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu warns of a protracted war in which Israel will use all of its military strength to destroy Hamas. John, what makes this so troubling for the United States? Well, Hamas is being supported by Iran, and Iran is a, a malign actor in the world. There is a connection. Iran is also supporting Russia in its war in Ukraine. And you're beginning to see a very, very scary axis of bad actors who are committing these acts. My concern in the Middle East is that this thing has already begun to escalate. Hezbollah out of Lebanon now is launching missiles as of this morning. Right. Uh, you've got Iran sitting over there. This, I hope, is contained. I hope it's contained quickly. I hope the Israeli army is successful. They need to be. Uh, but this is a real serious trouble spot. President Biden is pledging what he calls appropriate support but it's going to go further than that, isn't it? I mean, we are tied 
with Israel. Well, absolutely. I mean, they're one of our closest allies. I can't think of anybody outside of Great Britain that we're closer to than Israel. And Israel's going to meet these folks with overwhelming force. They have every right and deserve to. John mentioned the axis of what's happening here, where right. we have Iran, Russia, potentially China. I think that's what we're ultimately seeing, is the emergence of this new axis of evil folks who want to take down America. All the more important that, one, we have a functioning government, and two, we push back at this isolationist bend that primarily is inside the Republican Party, somewhat inside my party, that believes that we should have a hands-off approach. There were people who had that same approach post-World War I. Guess what it brought us? World War II. Still to come on Hancock and Kelly, our quote of the week from President Biden now eating his words about a border wall with Mexico. And former President Trump erupts outside a New York courtroom. Verbal fireworks from former President Trump outside a New York courtroom during his civil fraud trial. New York State Attorney General Letitia James alleges that Mr. Trump and his business empire falsified records for financial gain. I'm here, stuck here, and I can't campaign. I'd rather be right now in Iowa. I'd rather be in New Hampshire or South Carolina or Ohio or a lot of other places, but I'm stuck here because I have a corrupt attorney general that communicates with the DOJ in Washington to keep me nice and busy. This case was brought simply because it was a case where individuals have engaged in a patterning practice of fraud. And I will not sit idly by and allow anyone to subvert the law. Mr. Trump denies wrongdoing. The judge in the case wants to strip properties from his control, including Trump Tower, and put them into receivership during the trial. But an appeals court stopped that. John, is all of this is Donald Trump says a political witch hunt? Well, uh, he certainly believes it is, and he's certainly projecting that. Now, he wasn't forced to be in that courthouse in New York. He was not required he was observing, to be yeah. there. Yeah, right. Uh, I think the PR side of this has gone well for Donald Trump as it relates to the Republican primary. The legal side is a different story, and I think he's in real trouble. Michael? Karma, man. It's coming after him, and uh, speaking of getting stuck places, he may be stuck in one location here pretty soon. Now to our quote of the week. After President Biden boldly promised to never expand the border wall with Mexico, he's signing off on new wall construction in Starr County, Texas, about 20 miles of new wall, in an area that has seen nearly a quarter of a million illegal entries so far. Just that county so far this fiscal year. The Biden administration is waiving 26 federal laws to allow the new wall construction. Our quote of the week is from the president about three months before he was elected in 2020. He said, there will not be another foot of wall constructed in my administration, number one. Number two, I'm going to make sure we have border protection, making sure that we use high-tech capacity. Not another foot, Michael. It's about 106,000 yeah. new feet. Yeah, and look, it was already passed uh, prior to him getting there and they're putting it up. Fine, let's put it up. What we've seen about the wall right now, you know, the wall that Mexico didn't pay for, it hasn't worked. Um, and it's not going to work. So here will be another 20 miles that ultimately won't solve the problem. Democrats and Republicans need to pull their heads out of there, you know what, and get down and have a compromise. Is this a flip-flop? Is he desperate and won't admit it? Well, he's got to spend the money. He was, it was authorized. 
Uh, it's 20 miles, it'll be secure, that's good. But the bigger problem for Joe Biden is he has not done a thing to secure this border, and it continues to be porous, it continues to be a threat to our national security, it continues to allow fentanyl to flow into this country, killing our people. Uh, this is a crisis, and Joe Biden has direct blame here. Final thoughts are next. First, here's a view from Bomberito.com Drone Fox of the old MacArthur Bridge, still used by trains more than 40 years after it closed for cars. Final thoughts, Michael? Yeah, well, this is the best time of year in St. Louis, right? The fall, the weather's the best. Unfortunately, we don't have the Cardinals to go down and watch this year. So if you're looking for something to do, spend some time in Forest Park, man. I am there almost every day. We have a spectacular place in Forest Park. Maybe even give them a couple of bucks over there at Forest Park forever. John? What we're seeing in... Israel and in Ukraine are war crimes being committed by evil regimes, the Russian regime, the Hamas militant terrorist. This is a real threat to world security. Uh, we need to take it seriously. We need to be the force of good in this world. Thank you both, and thanks to all of you for watching Hancock and Kelly this morning. Fox News Sunday is next. Remember, if it's Sunday in St. Louis, it's Hancock and Kelly on Fox 2. Have a great rest of your Sunday.